All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. Welcome to another rip roaring edition of Real Life brought to you by our friends at Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want Finning Canada. Also a big provider of calendars, which Struds still hasn't filled out yet. Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, host of uh, Dinner Television, still hanging on to the dream of having hair with us. And uh, Wanye Gretzk, uh, back after uh, six weeks absence, uh, he was in San Jose and also things we learned... Cuts his own hair with a freshly new haircut done by yourself. There's a couple patches I messed up in the back that I shaved too short and I saw a picture of myself. And I'm like, oh my God, my hair is falling out. But then I zoomed in and I realized that your hair doesn't fall out in perfect tracks. I'd made a mistake cutting my own hair. It's the oldest tale in time, Gregor. So are you like Britney Spears? Are you going off the deep end here? Should we be worried? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going off the deep end. I've been cutting my own hair since the year 2000. When you were, what, 38? Back then, I think, was the age. Yeah. Seriously, well, I don't know. Like, why are people so excited? I've been cutting my own hair since I was 22. It's exactly. not a big deal. I shave my head every day. It's not that no, hard. There's not a lot to cut. Like, nope. It's not like you're yeah, taking a long time. Buddy, you know what? I've only, I've only cut my head once in, like, the last 10 years. And, man, it was a good slice job. It happened, like, three weeks ago. Do you use a razor? Oh yeah, straight razor. Okay, yeah. yeah. No a mirror straight anymore. razor, like an old nineteen thirties like barber shop. No, like, no, no. But I did blade. have that once. I I would recommend that. Yeah. I don't trust myself enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. But it's more so I don't trust it on my neck because every time I think about it, I just think of Dumb and Dumber and how I'm going to have the you know, the, the fake ketchup pack and scare everybody. But no, uh, shaving your head, yeah, it's fantastic. Cutting your own hair, it's great. It's good. Saves money. The do money I've saved. Do you just have scissors? No, no, I have like a trimmer. Oh, a little trimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got all the money that I didn't spend on haircuts. I can reinvest in trimming technology. There is no budget for my trimmers. Nice. Now, 
You were just in San Jose. Yeah. How's the Shark Tank? How's the playoff atmosphere? Unbelievable. You know, Shark fans are real fans, right? And there's a lot of folks down there that live and die with the team. And we're kind of ignorant up here thinking everybody in California doesn't necessarily like hockey. But uh, I had a really good time down there. Saw Gretzky. Saw all sorts of guys. It was a good time. Okay, well, how close was Gretzky to then? Are you talking like, did you see him like on this big screen uh, in a box? No, 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 no. He was maybe 300 feet away. He was 300 up, feet? Well, maybe I'm, yeah, millimeters. What do you want? Kidding? Like, isn't that within your stalker range? Yeah, yeah that's right. Isn't there a quarter order preventing me from being that close? Yeah, no, I had, a, I had, a, but I had a really good time. Obviously, oh, there's in the playoffs. How can you not have a good time? Did you remember how to act? It's been like 11 years. Well, I got drunk. I mean, that was pretty much all I could remember how to do. When I was 26 going to games, I only went to two in the cup run, and I didn't have enough money to really get that drunk at the games because I'd spent it all on tickets. But this time, I came correct. <laughs> so, compare the sound, like the, the 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 noise level, to what you experienced at Rogers. Rogers is definitely louder, right? I mean, like, uh, this negative noise business that we're talking about, I think, was more just to do with 12 years out of the playoffs. But uh, in the playoffs, it's been, uh, it, it wasn't as loud. I think Rogers is pretty much the loudest barn in the arena again. Or in the league, rather. Uh, Smash- Rusty. Nashville is loud. Like, I, I'll give their fans credit there. It is, like, if Nashville plays Edmonton in the third round, Oiler fans would do their best to travel to Nashville if they've never gone. I I recommend that city over any other NHL city to go watch a game in. And and you know what? The friend like you don't have to there's I guess maybe but like I don't understand the hooligans who think they have to fight opposing fans. I've never understood that ever. But in Nashville, all my friends who have gone down, Dr. Wang and many of them have gone, they say it's unbelievably welcoming. Like you'll go out to the bars afterwards and, and fans will be like, Oh, you're an order fan, you came to Nashville, great. Here you go, have fun, the game's over. They they realize that your cheering has no impact on the actual outcome of the game. Like, sure, you can get guys fired up before the game, but you standing there and clapping, suddenly you're like, well, that guy clapped too loud, and that's how the team lost. It really has no bearing. It, it is. You're right, though. That is an amazing spot. So just those of you who aren't familiar with the way it's set up, the, the arena is on the end of a strip of about a mile of bars, country bars, live music bars. So right across the street, basically, there's one that's one of my favorites. And, I, you know, if my mom's listening, I didn't go to many bars, but every now and then I did wheel in Tootsie's. And Tootsie's is world famous for, for country singers. You can have random people drop by. Uh, Garth Brooks, uh, Randy Travis. All these guys would drop by and just start playing. They're like, hey, you're here. Do you want to play? I'm like, yeah, I'll get up there and play. Maybe test some new songs. But that is goes on for miles. Just bar, 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 bar. Bud Light, Coors Light, all the different drinks you want to have. It is such a good place. I, I, I love that city. And it was... A race. So after the game, you know, the coach, if you, especially if you won, the coaches would get ready and you'd get ready. You'd sprint out. And the first person to the bar, whether it was a player or coach, you own that bar. Because you couldn't have players and coaches in the same bar. So Tootsie's always popular. So the guys were like, if you weren't playing, you'd have to sprint out to go get in there. So if the coach is walking, like, ah, God, we'll go to another bar. And Tootsie's was always the one. The best place, if that was happens in the third, do yourself a favor. It'll be ridiculously a good time. The people down there, great attitudes. Yeah, Great Smashville is uh, is fantastic. Now uh, we are into the second round. There's eight teams uh, in the NHL left. Um, a few quick storylines. The uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to admit uh, stunned me at, at how well they played the uh, Washington Capitals. So my question is, Struds, uh, seeing Pittsburgh roll over Columbus 
a hundred point team and have Washington struggle with the Leafs. Is that just the psyche of the first round? Or do you think Pittsburgh's the clear favorite Malkin 11 points in that first round compared to uh, the Capitals? What do you think? I think we, first off, we all way underestimated uh, what the, the um, Maple Leafs were about. They, they really impressed me. I think they, their speed, their skill, and they're just, they weren't scared of anything. You know, you look at that final game where Washington clinched, they could have easily gone the other way. It wasn't like they were dominated in that game. Um, the, you know, they, they got the lead, then Washington comes back, gets in overtime. But Maple Leafs played very, very well. So I think that was a tough matchup. And now if you're sitting in that room, if you're a Caps player, I think you're like, okay, guys, you know, we, we were nervous. If we would have lost to that, that would have been a massive, massive upset. Now they're moving to the second round. If we lose to Pittsburgh, which they don't want to, but now it's more on their footing. These are two teams that should be competing for the Stanley Cup. As I look into that that series, I think that Pittsburgh without Chris Letang is a massive problem. I, I you know what? Yet yeah, Justin Schultz, I don't know where this has come from. He's playing very well. They're getting some other guys. The rest is important for them. But I'm really concerned. You need a, a guy like Chris Letang that bangs out 25, 30 minutes of really good hockey both ways, offense, defense. He's got an edge to him. They can't replace that. You do not replace that. I'm sorry. And I really believe in the D, in the in the in the playoffs. You need good goaltending, but you need good D to help out. So I will give the edge to Washington based on the fact there's no Chris Letang. Wanya, I know you're a diehard Order fan. Did you watch any other playoff series? Yeah, I did. I actually found myself liking the Leafs, which made me feel real dirty. But I like the storyline. Like it's not the old Leafs where they're signing guys for a hundred trillion dollars and bringing in the huge sense of entitlement and stuff like that. To be honest, it kind of reminds me of an Oilers team, right? They're trying to build from within. They got a couple hot draft picks now that are capturing hearts and whatnot. I like the Leafs. Like I hate the city of Toronto, even though I don't hate the city of Toronto. I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise, but like the current team, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's hard not to be excited as a hockey fan the way Austin Matthews plays right uh, and you know and they've got they i like the combo they've got a guy like codry who can stir the pot who's a skilled player right obviously mitch marner nylander they what they need is they need some better defensemen. and to me it was it's not a surprise to me watching the game-winning goal and mart marinson who all the coursey people loved all the time in edmonton i said he's soft as butter and what happens in front of the net soft as butter twice he can't tie up johansson's stick Series over. Now I'm not. They didn't lose because of him, but I'm telling you, they won't win if he's on their defense core, guaranteed. And I'd I'd be stunned if uh, you see him play uh, very much in Toronto, simply because I don't care what all the analytics say. When battles come, he refuses to work out and get stronger. And you watch it on that play stretch. You've seen guys in front. He could. He he wasn't simply strong enough to just tie up the guy's stick. No, you know when we uh, we've when Marty Mertz was here with the Oilers, there were some nice moves. He can skate. He can do things. Smart player. There are moments in games where you need to be. Get done. And I know the stat gentlemen and I, we argue all the time. We say it's not fair to judge a player on one incident when there's 10 incidents. Well, I disagree because when that one incident happens during the game, you have to recognize that this is a big moment. Mm-hmm. I need to get this done. If you haven't done it in September in training camp, then October, November through the season, why would you expect anything different when you get to the end? And, and that one moment does happen. So I, I respect where the stat guys are coming from. But when you're on that ice and you're talking about one moment, you have to get it done. Because, right, neither body nor stick did he take. And that's a big problem for that group. But I look at the Maple Leafs. I think they need a guy. And I, 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 you know, I hate to kind of take from our own, but Adam Larson, a guy that just eats minutes. You have a guy that can go out there, eat minutes, that puts everyone in a more comfortable position. You know, Jake Gardner, he's a good demon. I don't like the way he uses his stick. For me, he has his two hands on his stick too often. If you had one hand on a stick, you could poke more pucks away because he is mobile. But he needs someone like an Adam Larson to say, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you play. And knowing that he's there, I think Gardner, who played well through the playoffs, could even be elevated to a better, a higher level than he's shown so far. The uh, Calgary Flames swept out of the first round, which I'm sure uh, Oiler fans are, are loving. But Flame fans... 
I, I wonder if you got to be concerned. Well, number one, they need a goalie. When you, oh. have, when you have two number ones, you don't have a number one. And uh, Brian Elliott has proven time and time again, he can be a starting goalie for maybe 25 games. He can't be a starting goalie against other teams' elite goalies. Gibson was clearly better than him. Uh, I, I think that's an issue uh, in Calgary, no doubt. And I, I still think they, they need more scoring. I don't think they have enough offense in Calgary. Uh, would you guys uh, get rid of Brad Treeliman, or do you think that'd be a mistake? It's tough, right? I mean, they're in a tough space down there in Calgary right now. I, almost, I actually, in a very small way, kind of felt bad for the city, right? Like, the team's on the ice. are saluting the fans. The, the LED ring still says it's go time. It's the least bit of go time I've ever seen, <laughs> right? Like, I, I think that they do need, do need to cook up some sort of plan and figure out what they're going to do, right? But with the arena now, they're going to be fighting about that and the Calgary economy being poor. There's just a cloud hanging over the team right now, right? And whether getting rid of Trevealing or what fixes that, I don't know, but... Like, I think it'd be a mistake. To me, I think teams always look to change focus too often. I don't think Trey Lemieux made a major mistake. Sure, he couldn't get Ben Bishop. We all know they tried, but that's going to be the guy I think they look at this. Now, Dallas is probably going to be looking at him as well, but if you're Calgary, that's a position you have to solidify. A good goalie can make up for some bad defensive plays here or there. That's the number one because they've got some decent defensemen. They've got enough forwards. I still think they need a little bit more, but if they don't have a goaltender, they don't have a chance. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a little bit more bullish on the Flames than maybe you guys are. I agree. No, don't move Tree Living. I think he's done an all right job. But I, I, I like to look from the back end. So they've got uh, their captain Giordano. They got um, uh, Brody. They've got Hamilton. And then if they sign back Michael Stone, that's not a bad top four. I think you got mobility. You got guys that have shown in the past they can put up points up front. They've got the top end talent, but they do have to find some some cushioning, some help, some depth to help out those other guys underneath, which I think the traveling can do. But the goaltender. I think there's options out there. I look at Pittsburgh. Why not approach Pittsburgh and say, hey, guys, you've got two goalies. You're going to lose one in expansion. Can we take one off? Sure, that works. I know that there's flurry and there's the issue of no movement clause. But if he decides not to move it, you have to trade Matt Murray. I, I'm sorry. You cannot let Matt Murray walk away for nothing in expansion draft. That's a massive, massive uh, asset you have sitting there. So if I'm Trey Living, I go and talk to him say, guys, what, where are you at? And we can do this the last minute, but don't let this guy walk away. You mentioned uh, Ben Bishop. That's another guy I think that's out there. There will be some help on the uh, on the back end uh, and the goalies, but I don't think they're as bad as we think they are. Yeah, there's some needs that to be addressed, but I think it's clear. It's clear they need a goalie, and they're a, they made the playoffs with very bad goalie starts the season and a very bad goaltending to end the season. In between, they had some goaltending. Man, they had average goaltending all season. I think they'd still be a playoff team. You think they would have beat the Ducks? I'm not saying they're oh, beat the Ducks, oh. but I'm saying they're a playoff team. Oh, okay. And I think making the playoffs is a, is, no, is a, no. is a great thing to have. Definitely, because uh, once you're in, uh, anything can happen. Uh, we saw. I don't think many people saw the uh, Predators sweeping the uh, the Blackhawks. I thought the Preds were a team that finally hit their stride later in the season. And right. and right now, if I had to rank the top teams in the West, the four remaining teams, I'd rank Nashville number one of the four. Can we? Uh, where are you going to put the oil on that list of four? Instead of curiosity, uh, I would put them too because I'm picking them to be the Ducks. You are? Yeah. Strats? Oh man, I want to. I want to say that I have a tough time. though. I have a tough time picking them to be there. I think that this one goes quite a distance, and I think at the end the Ducks win it. I do. I mean, if you want, if you want to run through it quickly, I think the goaltending nod goes to the. To, to the um... Now don't no no we're okay. doing that after all right. the break. So oh, after all the right, break. Well, you, got, yeah, you got yeah, me yeah. hot and bothered don't, all of a sudden. Don't jump ahead. Okay, okay, let's flip to the other side then. Let's go to the East. How do we rank our squads? Well, to me, the winner of Pittsburgh Washington's going to the cup. Like uh, the the Rangers, I I expect the Rangers to beat Ottawa rather easily. You don't think the Rangers can take down one of the other two teams in the final? No, I'd be I'd be surprised at this point. 
Yeah, I, I watched. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna. I love watching the Rangers play. I think they're Henrik is starting to show signs of, of coming out of what's been a pretty tough season for him. But the thing that I think the Rangers have over other teams, they have quite a bit of depth. I mean, they got yeah. they got Nash, they got J T. Miller, Vesey. They got a lot of different guys that are going up and down the line that can that can score. Uh, I, but do I, they? That's the problem. To me, the difference is Washington and Pittsburgh's forwards are so much better than Montreal's were. Montreal's forwards in New York's defense is fairly slow in as an NHL defense core, and I think that will be the issue. That's why I would I, I'd be stunned if the Rangers I, I picked them to beat Ottawa, but I'd be floored if they could beat either Washington or Pittsburgh. Like the Washington Pittsburgh series to me. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the Smite division, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s. I think those are the two best teams right now. And even though Washington uh, had a little bit of a tough time, I think that's going to be a hell of a series. And even without Chris Letang, I still think Pittsburgh – if Pittsburgh beats Washington without Letang, they'll easily beat the Rangers without Chris yeah. Letang. So, like, I'm still ticking the uh, Capitals because that's who I took at the start of the playoffs. But, uh, man, Malkin – like they looked unbeatable in that first round against Columbus. Like they toyed with the Jackets. So no, you you're taking Washington based on Latang not being in it, or either way you've been taking Washington. No, no, no. I'm taking Washington definitely without Latang. Like at the start of the playoffs, yeah. I picked him. Even at the start of the season, I picked him. But that I've never been correct on that one. So no. but at the start of the playoffs, I did take uh, the Capitals because I felt like the Chris Latang psyche for the Washington team is like here's our break. Yeah here's our break they've been close like those series have been really back and forth pittsburgh won two games in overtime last year in the playoff series against them right what's interesting though the the uh, pens have won four stanley cups every year on the stanley cup run they beat washington at some point so we will uh, see if that continues good rivalry but I, I do think for me that the big swing is that chris letang i mean that, that that without that i might be going pittsburgh that that's how big an impact he has on any series but specifically one against washington it's huge who do you like in these one I, I like the caps Good buddy of mine's a scout for the Caps. Probably won't let me say his name for the Caps. But I think that uh, when you have a guy like Ovechkin, he deserves to win the Stanley Cup. He's done everything else he can do. And, you know, clock is ticking. And who knows what the impact of, like, not being allowed to go to Russia or play for the Olympics for Russia or something like that. You never know how long this Caps team is going to stay together, right? And I feel like a guy like Ovechkin deserves a cup, and it'd be great to see him hoist one. They uh, they are an entertaining team, for sure. And, uh, you know, if, if Kuznetsov gets going on that second line with Johansson and Justin Williams come playoff time, especially in games five, six, Six and seven, man. That guy is money. Now, I want to quickly get to uh, one thing on the previous series for the orders. Todd McClellan said it afterwards that he got the matchup he wanted. He wasn't worried about the Vlasic Braun on McDavid, and clearly he was right because that line scored three goals against that pairing in the last two games. Right, Drysaddle was fantastic in the in the last few games. He he really wanted the Nugent Hopkins out against Pavelski, Thornton, Marlow uh, matchup for their, and they did very very well. Were you? Is there a matchup that you want? Against the Ducks. What's the matchup you think the orders need? 100%. Mine more is what I don't want. So my the one I want is I want to have Larson and Clefbaum against Gesslaff line. That's a very heavy line to play against. But it's not so much that... Uh, I mean, Larson can play and Larson and Clefbaum can play against any line. But I don't want Russell and Sakara out there against Gesslaff. I don't want Nurse and Benning slash Greiba out there against Gesslaff. I think Gesslaff, you have to treat him like he is he loves to be physical he loves to feel heavy bodies on him um you know his line mates are similar they want to feel that heavy pressure so give it to him let them go out there let them bang away let them be hard at it i'm not worried about the forward line at all because when you're down in your own zone it'll be larson it'll be uh, clef bomb in the corner grinding out those guys 
You don't want to break the rhythm. So if if he decides he wants to have uh, Nuge against that gets offline, which I don't think would be a great matchup over and over again over the course of the series, you're throwing off the other groups. I think after a while you lose the momentum for your forwards. It's much easier to get two D-men out against the line rather than just get a whole line against the line again in another series. Let the forwards play every now and then match up, but get these big heavy guys against a guy that likes to play big and heavy and pound away. Larson's been nasty. He was maybe one of the best players in the first round. Let him slash. Let him hit. Let him abuse that top line with Eves and Raquel and Getzlaff. And you will find at the end of the seven games, those guys will slow down 100%. I, I completely agree. I think Larson had an amazing, amazing opening round. And now he's putting the, the Hall trade uh, far in the rearview mirror at this point, I think. And a guy like Getzlaff, I mean, they've just got so much experience, right? Dex fans have been basically cheering for the Getzlaff and Perry show for a better part of a decade now, right? And there isn't a lot of situations the guy hasn't been in. I think that there's a lot of potential for a guy like that to, you know, next thing you know, 30 seconds later, you're down one nothing because he put the team on his back and went in. And I feel like Larson, he has the ability to shut him down. The Ducks do not have a Vlasic Braun pair. Lindholm's the closest one. He played, I think, 45 minutes against McDavid's line in the in the regular season. It was Kessler. You mentioned how it's easier to get the defense matchup. The Ducks actually played the Kessler line more than any defense parent against it. That's the line that they're going to want in, in the first two games, without a doubt. If I'm Todd McClellan at home ice, though, and I don't think he, I, if I got McDavid and Drysaddle healthy, I'm not too worried about any matchup for them, to be honest. I think, that, I think they'll find their way to get points. But honestly, I would like to see on home ice, if, if you're going to go Nugent Hopkins against Getzlaff, which probably happens on the road, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing McDavid's line against Getzlaff force them to play some defense, right? Regardless of who the defense bear is, I think that's the advantage. Because to me right now, the concern I have is, well, the second line played really well and everybody's applauding Nugent Hopkins and Everly and Lucic for their defensive play. They didn't piss a drop offensively, right? Let's be honest. They had one point each, Everly and Lucic, in the first game. That was it. Nugent Hopkins didn't get a point. And we can sit here and talk about, oh, playing great defense and everything. At some point, you got to produce. You could, Zach Cassian found ways to score five on five. These other guys did. So to me, th- that second line has to wake up offensively to beat the Anaheim Ducks. I'm not sure. Could, could I rely on, on Zach Cassian to be a dominant force for two games in a row? Like, like, I think if we look back, if you had to pick an MVP of that series for the Edmonton Oilers, Zach Cassian has got to get a lot of votes because it's one. Not, the orders are down one nothing, and Zach Cassian in game two completely changes that whole series. The guy was a wrecking ball. That was one of the most dominant performances of every player all season for the orders. He scored the goal. Great goal, by the way. He also had, like, you play starts. It's hard to hit guys that hard and that clean in today's NHL. So could he do it again? Sure. I think the one difference, though, in this series, this is going to be a way nastier series. The Ducks got a lot of pricks to play against on the ice, which is good. I like it. And and I, you know, I know Kevin Bieksa had four points against the Flames. And that, to me, illustrates that the Calgary Flames aren't a fast team. Because I've talked to guys in the NHL, Kevin Bieksa's foot speed's an issue. And with the Ducks' healthy defense and Fowler coming back, there's a lot of people who think one or two games, if the order speed becomes an issue, then they got to take Bex out of the lineup. But I'm not sure the coach will. Randy Carlisle, you know how it is, Strads. They like veteran players. But the fact the Flames couldn't exploit him, that was another reason why I don't think Calgary's that good because I don't think they have enough speed. Whereas the Edmonton orders, I look at it, the matchup that if you could ever get McDavid's line out against Bex, you're going to crush him, right? Like that's, that's the one, like that would be the obvious mismatch at home. Regardless of the forward lines, I'd be like, okay, there's BX on the ice. Put McDavid in dry settle. Like, that would be men against boys when it comes to the speed of McDavid. Yeah, you better pray that he get a shifts against BX and McDavid. But I'm I'm not so interested to have McDavid on the ice against Getzlaff. Unless, down low in your own zone, it's Leon going down there. 
Getzlaff is a terrible matchup down low for Connor McDavid. Now Connor's very any quick. different than Nuge though. Um, Nuge is a little bit bigger and he's a little bit older. He's been through a little bit more. But if you're going to play Connor's line against Getzlaff, no problem. But what I want to see then when you go in the defensive zone, Leon slaps down that down there because we've seen Getzlaff do it to bigger players yeah. than Nuge. Bigger players, he holds that puck out, sticks his big ass back, and you cannot get close to him. He holds on, holds on. While that's going on, everyone's running around getting open. Boom, pass, it's over. You need a bigger player that can lean on Getzlaff in your own zone. So I do not want to see the matchup Connor McDavid versus Ryan Getzlaff in your own zone down low. That is not that is one they're gonna lose more than gonna win. If they're playing defense. What about you playing offense? Well, sooner or later they're going to be it. Well, another okay. Well, step to that. Let's say they're okay. There's a face off in your own zone. The Oilers are not a good play. Uh, uh, yeah, well, Drysaddle's gotten a lot better, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. But you look at the the Ducks, the ducks are the ducks very ducks good face off. They snap right one through four. Getzlaff, Kessler, uh, Thompson, and uh, Vermette. They're all really good. So you put that line up against their own zone. Yeah. They're snapping draws back. Now the Oilers don't have the, the they don't have the puck. Yeah. So now you're like, okay, guys, you got to get it back. Now you're trying to get Connor off the puck of uh, Getzlaff. It's not going to happen. Not consistently enough. I'm talking over seven games. I'm not talking one period or one shift. So for me, that's a big issue. You have to think, okay, how do we want to set this up? Do we want these guys playing against each other? And we're going to lose draws. So what happens when we're going to plan to lose draws? Because they're going to lose them. I think the key for the orders is they can't lose draws cleanly in the defensive zone. right? So a lot of the strategy is... You know what? We don't care if we win them. We just can't lose them cleanly. Because I think that's where Anaheim... Because Anaheim's very good at maintaining possession after face-off wins. Because when I look at the face-off percentage, it's one number. I mean, tracking a lot of plays after the fact. You win the draw, but then you lose possession. The draw becomes meaningless. And there are certain teams that are way better. And Anaheim's one of them at maintaining possession after face-offs. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. But just that idea of winning it. You win it and well, now sure. you have it. And that then would be great. the owners have to go get it. So a shift is 45 seconds. If you lose it, and let's say you get it back after 12 seconds, like you're suggesting. Well, now my 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 uh, my, my shift is down to uh, 40 seconds or 35. Plus, I've, I've blown my load trying to get the puck back. So now we've got to go on offense. But if you can win that puck and get it back, it's way, way easier. Can I be your accountant? I love it. 45-second shift. Why not? 12 seconds. Now it's down to 40. That's unbelievable well, math. After I heard blowing my load, I was just like, my God. Well, I readjusted just... to 50 seconds because I think Connor averages 55. So I was trying to go up. But you, the point's being made. And listen, you know, it's it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But Oilers fans, you don't want to see McDavid versus Getzlaff down low in your own zone. That is not a face-off. Or a, that is not a, a battle. You're going to win more times than not. Why are you going to uh, Anaheim? Oh yeah, you betcha. I already so got my tickets you just, booked. You're just on a road trip following the team. Basically, you're I've checked to- out of real life, and I'm living on my own little bubble. And I'm going to go to all the playoff games until I've sold all my organs, or the Oilers have lost out. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Have you been to Anaheim before for games? I have. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Oilers games before in Anaheim. Actually, it's a good time. We're going to go down, visit violent gentlemen. Do you wear Do you wear, do you wear a jersey when you go to the games? <laughs> what do we just meet? I wear two jerseys. One is a pair of pants, and one is a shirt. Of course. Yeah, but, which, but, which, <laughs> but I know you have all, which jersey are you wearing? Oh right well, I have I had two. I had the McDavid just in case something bad. The orange happened. or blue? The uh, blue, and then blue. I switched to the Gretzky orange. Really? You switched to the Gretzky orange? Well, after the loss, yeah. You got to switch it up. You got to change it up. After the oh, you mean the game four ass kicking? Yes. Yeah, yes, that's what I switched. You were to. you were at that game? I was at that game. Fun times. Very very difficult to get through. <laughs> uh, yeah, a kid threw a fry at me. Another guy dumped a little water on my foot. I was gonna whip a beer at him, and then I did the math as to how much this beer actually cost me, and I wisely kept it. He dumped water on your foot. Yeah, because he was like rattled? walking by. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's like, a pretty good chirp actually, just on your foot. Well, I mean, he, I, I was sitting on the edge of the, the row, and he was going underneath, and he just, like, reached over and dumped water on me. I thought, mm. oh, that's Beating kinda... up a child, though, Wanya. Like, really? how old of a kid? Want... 
oh, I don't know, 12, 13. A 12-year-old Oh, I respect it. Now, it's hard to judge how old people are. He could have been a midget. I have no idea. But I assume it was a child. The water was very real. My foot was wet all night. But I had a really good time. So I'm going to go down to Anaheim and keep it going for sure. So why would a child throw a fry at you? What? Well, that was a different incident. incident altogether. Oh, okay. That was just a fry to the head. I don't think little kids have like the necessarily like, the aptitude to dump water on you, hit you with a fry. Those are two different groups of people. But I did sit there. <laughs> so it was a drive-by. Nothing. Oh, oh. Drive-by frying to the head, and thought, well, again, how? What do you want to go to jail for? Is it fighting in the stands at a Sharks game when you're down five nothing at the time? Probably not. Up five nothing. Pick, they'd have gone back there and sorted the guy out. Pick your battles. Exactly. Pick your exactly. battles. Yes. Exactly. So let's talk about that. Do we think that the interest level, not the interest level, but the excitement level here in the city is going to ratchet up? Oh yeah. Round two. Absolutely. Wow. All you got to do is look at uh, game six viewing party was much higher than the game three or four viewing parties, right? Like, and so I think it'll, uh, it'll. I, I would guess the now Wednesdays at eight thirty probably has a little bit different to do than the Saturday night. You, I saw a lot of families with young kids, and you know that's for people who can never afford to get in the building, yeah. right? I understand it. Uh, why you would go there? I, I don't know if as a season ticket holder you would go for that. You'd probably say, you know what, we go there enough. I think we can leave it open for people that never get to go and can't necessarily afford to go it. So uh, Wednesday night, eight thirty. Uh, I suspect it'll probably be close to a, full, uh, a sold out barn again because a people are superstitious and if they bought their tickets and they won Game Six, they'll be like, "Oh my God, we got to go again!" Right? Little Johnny or little Jill can have a, a nap after school, or, or she'll be late to whatever it is, or they'll fall asleep in their seats. Right? Either way, no, I think it's uh, it's only going to get it louder again. Uh, it's been such a long time, and although I, I will, I found it interesting. Dan Barnes wrote an article. Saying how a lot of season ticket holders said, oh, you know what? The last 11 years, it's worth it to win a round. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm a season ticket holder. I spent a hundred grand. I got a whole boatload of nothing as far as wins. I'm sorry. One playoff round doesn't make that up. Like that's people that to me are so caught up in the moment. They're not even thinking rationally. Because I've talked to a few sweet holders. You think about how much money a sweet holder has spent, man. Like you're talking 250 gur for 10 years. And you got not an, even a sniff of the playoffs. Hey, the first round, they should be getting in free if we're talking about <laughs> is it worth it, right? But so I will disagree with anybody who says, oh, you know what? That 10 years was worth it. No, no. I get that you're excited about now, but that's almost like giving a free pass for the absolute garbage But what, what, what's the alternative? That you're like, you know, I'm still pretty mad about the 2011 no, 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 season. I really say- hope that our later draft picks had worked out. Screw that. It was worth it. it I'll be the poster boy of the people who tell you. It was that worth I would it. Trade, I would trade those 11 years again for Connor McDavid and the situation that we've got right now. Yeah, but no that was question. a lucky lottery. That's, you didn't know that when you were paying for your ticket that you're going to win a lot. But that, that, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, would you, knowing what you know now, trade the last 11 years of playoff free hockey for it? I absolutely would. I think the Oilers are in a commanding position now where we can reasonably expect to make the playoffs conceivably sure. for the next day. But that's a whole psychology thing we could look at because now you're in it and, yeah. you're, and you're like, this is the greatest feeling. And yeah. so you don't... Re- like, I, buddy, I remember talking to you. You were inconsolable. Yes. Like, it'd be January and you'd be like, you know... You were disheveled. You weren't shaving. I'm girl, always girl, disheveled girl, and disheveled. Girls would try to talk to you. You'd start crying. That's if you fictional, but yes, me- we mentioned the Oilers. Like, yeah. trust me, as a person who had to deal with your personality yes. for ten years, trust me. But this- I'm equally happy now, right? Like to me now, it, that's the whole thing about looking backwards, right? Like all those years where everything went to shit. That you were, that I was inconsolable. That there was no reason. I remember sitting in the restaurant the day they won the draft lottery, and my brain chemically rewriting itself, being like, "Oh snap!" The whole time we were hoping for Eric Cole to turn it around. The guy who was actually going to turn things around was like nine, doing like super <laughs> drills with bloody Gary well, Roberts. We couldn't could even sh- make the argument that it was more Peter Shirelli because, uh, and well, we got to take a break, but we could look at that. Like the moves that Shirelli's made for this team 
uh, I think probably went underappreciated by a lot of people, yeah. and uh, we'll discuss that. It's the Real Life Podcast. Gregor Strudwick, Wanya Gretz, brought to you by, as always, Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. Over 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. It's late, and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day, and tomorrow bright and early, you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today, parts.cat.com. We're back in the Real Life Podcast. Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, Wanya Gretz, brought to you by Finning Canada. The parts you need when you want, Finning Canada, and uh, they are closed during hockey games. Um, now, the uh, we do want to talk about uh, Rogers' play strides, which I'm happy to say you got into this time. They, they actually, uh, that, that, that was fantastic. There was no, excuse me, you don't have ID, you can't get in. So that, that's great. As, as, as an Oiler alumni, yeah. Oh. No, it didn't happen at Rogers' place for an Oiler game. It hacked at Rexall for an Oil Kings game. <laughs> oh, an Oil like, Kings game. You wearing your jersey with the A on it 24-7 just in case people forget. For a, charity, for a charity event, they asked me to go up to watch the game with Gregor and Rob Brown. And uh, my tickets weren't at the door, so I'm like, can I just go up there? Like, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. You have to have a ticket. <laughs> I had to come down and get them. I was like, sorry, uh, sir, tickets are $4 and you yeah. get a free teddy bear. We're going to need you to buy one. I felt so bad. I didn't want to be like, hey, you know, I actually used to play here. I'm not just coming here to, you know, scam my way into an Oil yeah. King game. And they said, we know Mr. Strudwick, but, you know, whatever. And this guy came down and got me. Greg's grabbed me. And so he holds it. They're just like, oh, hey, Mr. Gregor, you can bring him up. Yeah, it was literally, that's what <laughs> Well, I it was on the team. I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, no, I was there Thursday night. And I have tickets for game three, which are going to be uh, unbelievable. That game Thursday, the energy in that building was ridiculous. I think it was as strong walking out. When we got out, you know, I was standing just by the Gretzky statue where those doors are. We come out of the casino and that. And people were still cheering and chanting. It was so noisy down there. And the noise echoes. The vibe is unbelievable. It was hard not to get swept up in it. Uh, cops were high-fiving you. I high-fived three cops on the way by. Meanwhile in Canada, hey, I wish. Like, I, when I walked out uh, at the end of the game and I just saw everybody in the orange jerseys and everyone happy and I saw ushers high-fiving people, I'm like, I wish I could just live the next 20 minutes on an infinite loop where you're just going through and high-fiving people and drinking half-filled beers you found. Maybe that's fictional. Maybe it's real. I don't know. My concern, my concern about the new arena. Have you been in Ford Hall when we have these impromptu dance parties after the game? No, but I've heard there? I've heard the floor. It's like, maybe they've got a super spongy dance floor. I don't know, I man. It's like, it literally rocks. But I was there with a couple of buddies and one guy's an expert of everything and he's like, I guarantee you that they did not engineer this thing to have 10,000 people dancing the house of pain after a game he's like the flex on this thing one time on canada day i was in the river valley and i was going across the lrt bridge and the lrt bridge had like the footbridge underneath it mm. had maximum crowd and it was like kind of starting to sway oh yeah. and i remember i was talking to somebody and they're like oh man it's not engineered this is like peak load peak day peak everything i swear that if they're going to continue to have dance parties in ford hall we could eventually find ourselves standing on 104th or whatever avenue that is in front of the mercer because the bloody bottom dropped out of the thing well i i did have a lot of people that had talked to me afterwards saying man seriously like i felt like the floor was literally yeah. moving and they're like like and i was a little bit tipsy but i didn't think i was that drunk i'm not floored moving drunk uh, yeah. no but I've, I've heard from a lot of different fans they were like oh my god like it was literally swaying and 
I'm no, I'm no engineer by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but I did talk to a buddy and he said, yeah, you know what? If When you build something like that, you probably aren't structurally planning it to have that many people. Well, it's a I use had, case, right? Yeah. yeah like I they, had no idea how many people they had in there, but yeah, it was probably over capacity. And I bet you that years from now when the ice district's finished, you will never, ever see parties like that in there again. Because I bet you the boys from PCL are down there like, what does the insurance look like if this thing collapses? Well, where's the move? Where not there uh, across the way? Is yeah, that in the district, form? they're going to have the big outdoor Like you do for eventually. the Maple Leafs. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. Square, that yeah. I, I hate the Maple Leafs too, but yeah. I love the way they play. But that area where the Maple Leafs so fans cool. and, and the Raptors join up, yeah. it is so cool. And but my question is, where do those people go pee? Like, well, they have, they, they, have, they have porta potties out there, do they not? They're, I don't know. I, I you well, know dude, when they hey, show speaking it. of speaking of going to speaking pee, of pee, that's like the biggest concern right now at playoff game. Like guys, the last game, I walked down the stairwell, yeah. the, the back way. I went down the stairwell. There were two guys in the stairwell that uh, had a big cup, and they were like, "Dude, I can't get in the washroom. I got to go." And they were peeing right in their thing, and I'm just like. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna rat them out. I'm like, dude, trust me, I know how it is. If you That's can't good go, that you, you don't snitch, Gregor. I respect that. If you can't go, like you gotta go. What are yeah. you gonna do? Yeah. Right? And that's a real issue. Yeah. Like that's a real issue in that brand new facility. And I'm curious to see what they'll do. Because I'll tell you right now, on the loads levels, man, those guys go in there, that's like one for eight urinals. They're just <laughs> no, hanging out. Is, They're like, is. this is fantastic. Right. So I think they have the around they have the right amount of washrooms. They don't have the access to people to use the washroom. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's the number of urinals too on that on that main level. I think the urinals are spaced out too far. Like it looks it's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But I think they could, you know, in some cases maybe double up. The number of urinals. Well, you could have had them tighter. You just could have had that barrier between right. it, right? Which yeah, exactly. you're talking double decker, right? So like one urinal's on top of the other <laughs> urinal, and you take a couple well, steps up, or maybe oh, yeah, a piggyback be... ride. And how up high can you pee? Can you oh, shoot I can, up that I can arc arc up tall. I can no. arc probably four, four and a half feet in the air. It's because he's walking around the perma boner. Have I ever? I'll tell you what. No, but I think they'll they'll resolve. I mean, it's 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 you know just a situation where you want to enjoy the game, and I think it changes the way you drink and consume. Because I don't want to have to worry about. That's why they'll fix it, right? Because I remember reading something about how like the Cates group was doing like a, a study of the concessions per seat, per loge, per, and they were like figuring out the optimal thing. At no point are they going to be like, mm, the wait is too long for a pee. They'll be like, oh, beer sales are down 7% because people can't. Well, next thing you know, they're going to remove all the little team stores on the concourse oh. level and just set massive troughs up yeah. open air pee. That'd be great. But I think, you know, it's a new building. The, the building, I, I love the new building. And this is one of those bugs they have to grind out. Yeah. Now, if it starts the season again like that, I think there's an issue. But if they get it sorted no, out. Who's going to pay for it? Trust me. Well, that's going to be, well, if, you, if they, uh, if the order's on the arena, then I guess they're going to have to pay for it. Because yeah. they're the ones who are making all the extra cake in the playoffs. Let's yeah. not get ourselves. They're the ones selling out the five dollar tickets when the team's on the road is there well that goes to the community foundation oh does it yeah so yeah they, which, which has a 65 percent overhead let's not even get into that oh, yeah, so well, the well, nude sucks the, the community foundation's crooked where's your playoff spirit no, no just wait a second let's be serious for a moment yeah. a 65 percent admin fee for what tell me why how, how that is acceptable in 2017 is beyond like that no. to me is horrible now I we agree. could you can promote the orders and, and be great but i'm sorry the community foundation a 65% overheat for what? Yeah. What's the no. 65% for? So. I, I wholly agree with you. No, I think it's hard when issue. you're doing charitable work, right? Because people want like a zero admin fee, right? No, no, fact, I, I understand the big ones. You can have 25, you can have 30. 65 whatever, is but unacceptable. But 65, no, I agree. especially when a lot of that money comes from 50-50s, yeah. which are volunteers that do all the work. So yeah. where's that your admin fee from those, event, from those games? Where is it? Yeah. You've got what? Three or four staff members? Could be because you have the minor hockey team, Strud's ringette team, or your football team. So have team. you seen it like a disclosure document? Is that how you know that the percentage is that high? Did they list what all the costs it are? It used to be 80%. And 80%? The, yeah, the first few years it was 80 And they're excited now that it's down to 65 
It doesn't have the same ring to it. Like, hey, join the 2080, buy a ticket tonight, yeah. blah, blah, blah. No, no. Well, and I, hey, trust me. Well, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but to me, that's a big issue that yeah. needs to be discussed. No, I agree. Now, let's get to uh, quickly uh, your picks for this round and yeah. why. Uh, you're saying the Ducks, why? I'm going Struts. Ducks in seven. I think that the Ducks uh, depth, uh, they have three lines that can make it happen. And I, I really feel strongly about the sentiment in this, in this series will make a difference. So I'm going Ducks seven. Uh, Nashville, St. Louis. I will go Nashville. I think that one will go rather quickly in six. Uh, Pecorini is playing very well if you can keep it up, and their D is very, very good. On the other side, I'll, I will go Washington. I'll stick with that than Rangers. So I'm not really going off the uh, off the grid too much, but I know other fans. I'm sorry. I hope I'm wrong. I'll go Washington. I'll go the Rangers as well. Uh, I'll take the Oilers in three. I'll go off board a little bit. Off I think three? Yeah, three games. I think I'll do the third game. The Ducks are going to be like, you know what? This is an embarrassing beating. We're going to fold the club down. We're going to bring in an arena soccer team to Anaheim. We're going to re-energize the fan base. Arena soccer is going to be where we go. Um, last one's tough. St. Louis is a good team. They're per- perpetually... Uh, well, Jake Allen's a good... good. He was hot goalie. Yeah. Can he keep it going? Yeah. Well, I don't know. So I'll what's take, your pick? I'll take St. Louis. I uh, take in the orders. I will take the Nashville Predators. I think uh, their defense, the Preds are really good, and their top line is dynamic. And really, uh, Jake Allen doesn't stand on his head. The Blues probably don't win that series. Yeah. So uh, I will take Nashville, and I will take the Rangers and the Capitals. All right, well, we haven't talked about one thing that I think we have to address, and it's the Vancouver Canucks losing Triumkin. Does anyone want to comment about the Russian going back to the KHL? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, he's like 6'9". Yeah, yeah I, I was surprised, like... I'm surprised at the backlash of some people. I think yeah. you're tri- you're 22 years of age, yeah. and maybe you just don't like. It's a massive culture shock. I just did a stint in a foreign country, right? And I can tell you that although I'm down there and it's very challenging, and I enjoy the work I'm doing, I really wanted to be home. There's yeah. a difference between living somewhere and visiting. When you go yes. on vacation, it's all fun and good. When when you sit down in a foreign country in your own apartment or wherever you're staying, you day realize, after day, like, damn, this is my life. And there's so many little things that you take for granted. In the North American lifestyle, if you're from North America, if you're in Russia, I mean, you lived overseas, you know that like every brand of chips is slightly fucked, right? And like nothing tastes proper and stuff like that. I can understand a young guy coming over from into North America and saying, you know what? I can make a good living back home in Russia. I miss my aunt or whatever he misses and going home. I don't think it's a slap in the face the Canucks, like the Canucks fans are trying to make it out to be. Yeah, so for me, the issue is that where else are you going to get a better chance to play in the NHL? That, that team is not good. I'm sorry. And they're probably going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I think Vancouver is really But maybe I guess that for Russians, maybe playing in the KHL has some benefits yeah, to the playing in the NHL. He's probably going to make the same amount of money. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, okay. Tax-free, I, I, rolled and, up and, and in a duffel is, bag, covered in blood. You know, we can argue that, so he makes, let's say, because right. Vancouver said they offered him, and I don't know the number. Let's just yeah. throw it $2 million. And let's yeah. say he's only making $1.5. Yeah. Is there a price point on your happiness? Well, tax, right, too. There's sure, a lot of implications, tax, yeah. right? Like, what are you actually going to walk away with? But for me, it's not the happiness. It's the challenge of playing the best league in the world. Yeah. Do you not want to be a part of the best league yeah. in the world? You know, he, he can always go home. Sure. Any Russian, all 25 of them can go home anytime. But he can always come mind. back, too, right? Maybe he wants to get some more experience. Maybe he comes back at 24 or 5, right? You look at Kovalchuk went home after dominating, and, and now he misses it. Radulov, same thing, right? Like, there's some, I think, that go home. And then they realize, and, and who knows, maybe he's just not in the space where he feels uh, he's not confident enough. I have no idea. But to me, I would never, like the NHL is going to survive without him. Oh, absolutely. Right? But the Vancouver Canucks, I understand why Canuck fans are pissed off because he's honestly one of their best yeah, defensemen. absolutely. He is. But that's the thing. For, for my advice to that young man to you, like, listen, man, you're going to get a chance to play a bunch. 
come back and play. You're going to develop in the best league. We're going to get some coaches. We're going to get you going. You still want to go back? And as far as um, um, Kovalchuk, I would say no. You retired. Yeah. You want out of contract? Enjoy the KHL. Thank you for the good oh. years of hockey. You're not welcome back. You you left us. Well, he's technically not supposed to be allowed back until not like until 18, right? Yeah. According, but it's the NHL. Remember when New Jersey was supposed to lose a first round pick for that, and then they didn't. So who knows what they'll do? This but I agree mistake. with these strides. I, I this love is it. a mistake. You know what? You're interested. Thank you. You retired. Thank you. Thank. We'll send you your 400 game leather jacket. Congratulations. Thank you. Stay in the actual leather jacket. Don't come back. It's foreign games, yeah. Nope. It's so heavy. It's so You wouldn't be able to carry it. Well, that was easy. It's so heavy. Well, it fits you, but it would just be No, it wouldn't. You'd have, to, you'd have to get special arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that really bothers me. You retire. You ask out of your contract to go make more money. Now you want to come back and say, screw you. No, you cannot. You can. And Gary Batman, I hope you are strong and make the right choice. Do you think Gary's listening? Uh, well, they, the NHL show. monitors everything. Everything, everything. everything that Wanye Gretzka's on, they monitor. They, <laughs> they probably thought it said Wayne Gretzky, so that's why they listen to the whole thing. And they'll be like, where the hell's Gretzky? So this is great. That's why they'll listen. Where the hell is Gretzky? <laughs> well, buddy, listen. Good luck. Thank Traveling you. Traveling down to Anaheim. Be safe. Go down to Disneyland. Yeah. I, and I, I uh, well, Disneyland. Yeah, I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to an Oilers second round playoff game. For me, that is Disneyland. And I'll have little Connor ears and I'll be ready to go. This is my golden age, boys. There's never been a better time to be alive if you're me. It's right now. Middle of nowhere to that rink. It's funny. It's in the big parking lot. Beautiful barn. Well, uh, next week uh, you'll be back in Edmonton. And oh, yeah. you can uh, regale us with stories from uh, games yeah. one, two, and three. You want uh, to bring you anything? No. No, not really. No? No. Just the only thing I'd want is French fry. The only thing I'd want is an In and Out burger. And by the time he brought it home, it'd be gross. So, uh, <laughs> no thanks. Struds, Wanye, Gregor, we will talk to you next week. The Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. Over 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. It's Finning Canada. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.